The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but grew much worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Taliathakum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. As with every scriptural passage, there are multiple layers of meaning contained in this morning's stories, and I want for us to take time with at least two of these interpretations. The story begins as Jesus crosses the river again and returns to Jewish territory, only to be confronted by a leader from the synagogue, Jairus. And immediately you should be curious about what's happening because the only other time synagogue leaders seek out Jesus He's in trouble. But Jairus has made an exception because of extreme circumstances. 
His daughter is ill to the point of death. And Jesus does not treat Jairus as he has been treated by the other synagogue leaders. Rather, he acknowledges Jairus' faithfulness, even in a moment of desperation, and responds generously. Now, Jesus agrees to follow Jairus, not because he is a leader, but because of the state of his daughter and the love he has displayed as a father. Meanwhile, their mission is interrupted by a woman who is also at the point of desperation. She has been bleeding for 12 years and is at a complete loss, as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive. Having no power to leverage, she grasps for Jesus' cloak in hopes that she might be healed. Both are considered untouchable because of their illnesses, rendering them ritually unclean. Both are named as daughters, the gender that has far less power in Jesus's time. And yet, Jesus makes no distinction between the two. Jesus makes Jairus, a man of influence and power, wait while he heals an unnamed woman with great faith. Jesus's concern for humanity is not nearly as limited as modern Christians make it out to be. Jesus does not subscribe to an economy of power, but an economy of grace. It is nothing short of a complete upheaval of the way that things had always been. Now, if we had to describe Jesus' economy of grace, I imagine it would look exactly like the final scene in today's story. Jesus is outwardly and notably mocked. Jesus enters the home where Jairus' daughter is presumed to be dead and proclaims that she is only sleeping. And they laughed at him. Now, let's just be clear. Laughter is not the appropriate response for a dead child. But I can't imagine a scenario in which they were completely overcome with grief and exhaustion and the sheer audacity of Jesus' pronouncement conjured up fits of hysteria. In response... Jesus puts all of them out of the house and returns to the daughter, surrounded only by Jairus and his wife, Peter, James, and John. It is in this intimate setting that Jesus heals the ailing daughter. Jesus makes it clear that this is not a resurrection story, but a lesson in grace. Jesus could have healed Jairus in plain sight, so that all, Jairus' daughter in plain sight, so that all would see and know of his power, but he does the opposite. Likewise, this nameless woman who bled for over a decade was only healed when she broke the rules and made her way to Jesus. Grace is not dependent upon power. In fact, grace is not dependent upon us. We will be most attuned to God's grace when we act out of faithfulness in whatever imperfect form we can muster. Now, it's important to acknowledge that faithfulness may mean we receive God's grace in unexpected ways. We know all too well that the gospel of Jesus doesn't mean that all will be healed and all suffering will come to an end. Faithfulness is finding the strength to say, thy will be done and meaning it when perhaps that means that my friend's life will, wife will actually leave him this time. Faithfulness is a patient sharing, I have not been healed, not of Parkinson's disease, 
but I have been healed of my fear of Parkinson's disease. Faithfulness is the courage to say, no, I'm not okay. And knowing that true friendships are deep enough to sit in the midst of that uncertainty. If there's anything we can be sure of, it's that Jesus' economy of grace will turn things upside down over and over again. The second interpretation I want to highlight for you this morning is the meta-narrative, that which is below the surface of the story. More so than many individual stories or parables, the coupling of the healing of these daughters is a microcosm of Mark's gospel. Each story accomplishes individually what Mark's gospel hopes to accomplish on the whole. And this comes through in several different details. The number 12 is an important theme. The number of years the hemorrhaging woman has been suffering, as well as the age of Jairus' daughter. Now, if you'll recall, throughout the canon of Holy Scripture, 12 is the number that comes to represent the nation of Israel over and over again. We are reminded of God's intention to bless and make whole God's chosen people. These references begins with the sons of Jacob, continues with the distinction of the 12 tribes of Israel, and is offered in the form of an invitation to, you all know, 12 disciples. Though there's an incredibly personal element in these healing stories, there's also a political message for the nation of Israel. They are not dead, merely asleep. The other key to this meta-narrative is the use of two females who are specifically named as daughters. Now, you will recall that females had less authority and were not well-regarded in society throughout Jesus' life and ministry. Further, the familial responsibilities and privileges were not equal for sons and daughters. The woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages is named a daughter by Jesus. Did you get that? She is named a daughter. And this does not happen anywhere else in scripture. In fact, Jesus goes to some length to make it clear that those who feel entitled to his kinship are no different from everyone else whom he loves. This is the only time where Jesus adopts someone he meets along the way and, gives, and allows them the privilege of being considered a member of his family. He calls her a daughter. The combination of the intimacy and disenfranchised state of the vocation of a daughter highlights the intention of Jesus's ministry. His grace and mercy extend far beyond the perceived boundaries. This hopeful proclamation of grace is contained in every possible level of interpretation in these stories of daughters and throughout Mark's gospel. The gift of Jesus' life and ministry is to make clear God's intentions. Who you are is exactly enough. The economy of grace supersedes any notions of the importance of power. So whatever part of who you are, whatever you have done or left undone that makes you feel unworthy of God's love and grace, read the story through that lens. Go back and read the story again and trade out this identity as daughter for the piece of your identity 
that makes you feel as though you are not worthy. And then, remember that Jesus went out of his way time and time again to make known that his grace knows no limits. You are the beloved child for whom he will always go out of his way. Amen.